The last thing we were discussing was the situation where a dog grabbed a piece of bread off the oven and he took a coal and burnt the pile, what he has to pay for, what he doesn't have to pay for. And we saw a mahluket in regards to someone's fire. According to Rabbi Hanan, the person's fire, it's as if he directly caused the damage. It's his arrow. And according to Rish Lakish, it's like someone's asset caused the fire, caused the damage. Meaning it's indirect damage according to Rish Lakish. And we asked a series of questions on Rish Lakish and he kept on explaining how the various Mishnayot or Braithot go according to his Shita. And Rabbi explained to us there's a Mishnah and a Pasuk that goes according to Rabbi Hanan. That's why he held like Rabbi Hanan. And with that, we're going to start Kav Gimal Amud Aleph, second line in where it says Amar Rabbah. Now, before I start, I just want to remind us of something we learned before and something that we will learn on the Samach Aleph, that if someone caused the fire and it, and it damaged, he's only obligated to pay for things that are not hidden. Anything that is uncovered, you have to pay for. Anything that is hidden underground, you don't have to pay for. So, Amar Abah, Kashi Alele Abaye. Abaye has a problem. Lemande Amar Isho Mishum According to Rabbi Yohanan, who said that a person's fire is a direct damage. How does he have a situation where fire burns something that was, let's say, underground, something hidden? And the, the Torah says, your patur, the person's exempt from paying. How would he explain that type of situation? Meaning, if fire is considered direct damage, then it'd be like a direct damage or something underground you still have to pay for. Meaning, according to Rish Lakish, who wants to say it's indirect damage, okay, I understand why you're patur, but according to Rabbi Hanan, why is it patur? So, Venihale Abaye tried to explain that according to Rabbi Hanan, he would be patur on something covered. That would be Kegonchen Aflade Lakale There's a fire in that yard. And the, and the wall or the fence that was supposed to block the fire from going to the neighbor fell down, but for different reasons, nothing to do with the fire. And the fire went and damaged in someone else's yard. So here, it's not like you're shooting the arrow. Over there, his arrows finished, meaning they were supposed to stop where this wall is, and the wall fell because of a wind or something. So you can't say it's his arrow going into the neighbor's yard. So in that type of case, if there's uh, things uh, underground and it burnt it, or things that are covered and the fire burnt it, he would be patur. The Gemara says, if that's the case, if that's the case, then even things that are uncovered, if the fire went out of control, it's not my fault that the wall fell, he shouldn't be hayav on the things that are uncovered above ground. Ela, rather you have to explain, according to Rabbi Yohanan, who said that someone's fire is someone's arrow, it's his direct damage, you have to say it's also, it's his assets that damage also, you have to say it's also an indirect damage. And therefore, according to Rabbi Yohanan, if, if the wall fell not because of the fire and it went into someone else's yard, you should still obligate him to pay for things that are at least above ground. And the Gemara explains, you would be Hayav. When would he be Hayav? Is if he had time to make that wall, 
that blocks the fire, and he didn't. Over there would be the same thing as someone's bull going to someone else's yard and not putting up a fence. So you're obligated to pay for your fence. Same thing over here with your fire. Since you should have put up a wall and you didn't, it's your fault. Okay. Okay. So according to Yohanan, he says a fire is your arrow. Fire is also an indirect uh, damage, meaning it's like uh, your your asset damage. Then my benayu. Then what would be the difference between Rabbi Yohanan and Rish Lakish? So it explains. The difference between them would be is do you obligate the, uh, the, the, the damager to pay the four things? Meaning uh, when someone damages someone else, he has to pay for five things. The damage, the pain, the medical bills, uh, him not working, and the embarrassment. Over here, there's no embarrassment because you didn't uh, do anything to embarrass him. But the other four, according to Rabbi Hanan, it's as if you directly cause the damage and therefore you should be high on those four things. According to Rish Lakish, it's indirect, so you don't have to pay for those four things. Next, we learned in the Mishnah Allah Harara Mishalim that the the owner of the dog has to pay for the the bread full price, and on the uh, and on the pile of hay, he only has to pay half damages. So man Hayab, who has to pay? Meaning, does the owner of the dog or the owner of the of the, the person who had the fire? Meaning, he should have watched his fire. So the Gemara explains, Baal Kelev, the owner of the dog, meaning your dog brought the coal to that pile of hay and you caused the fire. The Gemara says, But the owner of the coal should also be obligated to pay because he left his fire unwatched. The Gemara explains, No, we're talking about he was standing over there watching the fire. The Gemara says, But if he's watching the fire, then my Baal Kelev, how did the dog get there? Now we're talking about Bishihatar, where the dog dug underground and uh, he's not going to be able to go get that uh, loaf of bread and, and he did it, the dog did it in a sneaky way. So the owner of the fire, he did what he was supposed to do, but uh, the dog came out of nowhere. And Mori what do we understand from here? That that regular doors, it's normal for a dog to dig under it and get to inside through underground. And the nafkamina is if someone's dog uh, dug underground and went uh, into someone's house and damaged, or went somewhere and damaged, that's normal, and the owner is obligated to pay. You can't say it's it's different. No, it's actually normal. And the gemara explains that when the dog ate the bread, the owner has to pay full damages because it's shen. The question is, where did it eat the bread? Let's say it ate that bread in some random uh, pile of hay. Well, then there's no reason to be We said that he has to cause damage in someone else's field, meaning has to belong to someone. You just ate it in the middle of the street. So that's no, so we were talking about. Where the dog stayed in the same yard, he picked up the bread, went from one corner to the other corner, and then caused the fire over there. But again, all this is in the yard of the owner of the bread. So now, based on this, Tifshot, we could prove from here that Depi para kehatsar hanizakdame. From the fact that we're saying that even though it moved corners, it's still in the yard of the owner of the yard, it's a proof that an animal's mouth is still in the the one who is damaging's yard or in his property. 
Because if you want to say that the animal's mouth now becomes like the owner's property, then then the owner of the dog could always say to the owner of the of the bread, my what's your bread doing in my dog's mouth? Obviously, from the fact that the owner of the dog can't say that, obviously that the dog's mouth is still in the the owner of the bread's yard. Meaning, the, the reason we brought this up is the Ibayalehua, meaning in the Yeshiva, the time of the Gemara, they asked the Shela, Pi para kahatsar nizaktame or kahatsar maziktame. What do we consider the mouth of the cow? Do we consider it as if it's the yard, it's the property of the cow's owner? Or do we say it, it it's still in the yard of whoever he's damaging? So we asked that question in regards to the cow, but it sounds like over here from the case of the dog, that the dog is still in the yard of the one he's damaging. Now, if you want to say that the cow's mouth is like its owner's uh, yard, then how do we have a situation of shen when animals eating uh, someone else's things? Meaning you could always say that uh, well, it's uh, the cow's mouth, it's the owner's property, so he never damaged in someone else's property. So like Mike explains, no, we, we, we still have a situation of shen. We're talking about a situation, let's say, shen is eating something for its benefit. So let's say a cow needs to scratch itself, so it started scratching itself on the wall, the wall fell. Or it started rolling around the fruits and it dirtied the fruits, so it's enjoying and that's normal for an animal, and that would be Shen, and that would still be in the property of the one who is damaging. Matkif la Morzutra, but Morzutra has a very good question. But we all we hold that when an animal destroys or eats something, it has to be completely gone. And over here, it's not gone. You still have fruits. Veleka, you don't have that over here. You still, he didn't uh, totally destroy you or finish off whatever it was dirty. So Rabina, Rabina explains, the shaf salme, we could say while it was uh, scratching itself on the wall, there was pictures, nice pictures drawn on the wall, and he erased it. Or or while it was rolling in the in the fruits, it pushed it into the dirt, into the mud, and now it dirty it, and no one's going to eat it. So you totally uh, destroyed in, in whatever case it is. So now the Gemara has a question from Sanhedrin. Tashima, we learned in the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, Shisa bo et akelev, shisa bo et patur. If someone enticed a dog or a snake to go attack someone, the, the attacker, the one who caused the attack is patur, because we hold indirect the damages is patur. So now the Gemara tries to clarify, man patur, who's the one who's patur? Meshase patur, you have to say that the enticer, the one who sent the snake is patur. However, but the owner of the animal, the dog, the snake, he has to pay full damages. Now, if you want to say that the mouth of the cow is like the, the yard of the owner, let the owner of the dog or, or snake say to the person who got bit, what's your hand doing in my dog's mouth? And bottom line, from the fact that he didn't say that, rather you have to say that the mouth of the cow or the mouth of the dog is not in its owner's uh, yard, rather it's in whoever he damaged yard. So that's the proof. The Gemara says, no, you could really say that the mouth of the cow is like the mouth of its owner. 
And over here it's different. Ve'ema patur af meshased. You could even say the enticer, the one who sent the snake or the dog at someone, he's the patur. Or you could say, Or we talk about a situation where the dog stuck out his teeth, out of his mouth, and bit someone. Meaning he didn't do it in his mouth, he did it outside of his mouth, and that's uh, for sure in the person who's been damaged the yard. So like my tries a different uh, avenue, tries a different question. If a person grabbed a snake, put it on another person and bit him. If you want to understand the between you have to say that the snake, the snake's poison is in between his teeth, and you don't need to do anything in order to get that poison out of the snake's mouth into the into a person. Therefore, the fichach makish besaif, the person who brought the snake close to someone. It's as if he killed him with the sword, and therefore he'd be hayav. And there, uh, however, the divrei hachamim, according to hachamim, eres nachash me'atzmomek. You have to say that the poison of a snake he spits out on his own, and therefore the fichach nachash biskila. Therefore, the animal gets uh, gets killed. It gets stoned like any other bull that uh, gored. Same idea. And Makish, and the person who is holding onto the snake, Patur. So according to Rabbi that's like holding a knife. According to Hachamim, it's nothing. You're just like holding a stick, and the stick is spraying. Now, here's the point. Here's, here's the question. Now, if you want to say that the cow's mouth, it's like the yard of the person who's damaging, meaning like uh, meaning the cow's owner, then then the owner of the snake could always tell the person who got bitten, what's your hand doing in my snake's mouth? But the fact that he didn't say that, it proves to you that uh, it's really the, the person who's been damaged yard. The grass pushes that away. No, you could always say that the, the, the cow's mouth is like in its owner's yard. But when it comes to murder, there's different rules. So we can kill the snake for killing, but uh, we're not going to obligate his owner to pay. Who says that there's different rules for killing and for damaging? We have a bright that Someone walked into someone's yard without permission. And the owner over there, there was a bull in the backyard and it gored someone. And the person died. If that, uh, if that bull gored and killed that person who trespassed, Okay, so the cow or the bull gets killed, and the the owner doesn't have to pay anything. So now the Gemara asks, What's the reason the owner of the cow doesn't have to pay anything? Because he could tell the person, what are you doing trespassing in my backyard? So now, But on the other hand, you could also say, why should my, uh, my, why should my bull get killed? What were you doing on my property? Ella, you have to say that you have to say that there's different rules in regards to murder. If the cow killed him or the cow damaged him, there's different rules. And the Gemara says a story. So there was these gods, the Tarbu family. I guess they were going into Rav Yosef's backyard and they were destroying things over there. So Rav Yosef told Abayazil, Can you please tell the owners of the Tarbu gods? That uh, they should watch over their goats uh, so they don't uh, destroy my my property. Amalei, Abayi told Rav Yosef, Amalei, why should I go? 
they are really ligdor morge de rabbi because they're going to tell me that you, Rav Yosef, should make a wall over there so the gods don't go in. So now the Gemara has a problem with this. Meaning, in general, Shen has to be done in the property of the one who's been damaged. So now, if there's no wall, then, I, then the owner of the gods is not liable. And if there's a wall, the gods can't get in. So what would be the case? So the Gemara answers simply, the gods dug under, inami or then I feel good ability, or let's say the wall fell in the middle of the night and the owner didn't know to put it up, and then the gods came in. And Machriz Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef announced, and some say it was Rabbah, the Salkin Le'ela and Nahatin Le'tahta'a, those who are going upwards, meaning from Babel to Israel, or Nahatin Le'tahta'a, or those coming down, meaning from Israel to Babel, they should know. Meaning everybody be on notice. These goats that are in the marketplace, that the butcher waits until someone wants to pick up meat for Shabbat, or he wants to, or someone wants a certain shaita, so they just leave the goats over there hanging out in the marketplace. And in the meantime, if they did damage, we warn their owner two or three times to watch over their goats. If he listens, he listens great. And if the owner of the goat doesn't listen, Sit in the the shohet's chair and get your money. Meaning, you gotta get rid of this goat right now, and whatever money you get for it, you get for it. Even if you could get uh, more money tomorrow, the day after, too bad. Do the shaita now, and that's it. And Tosfot mentions this is only with goats that are meant to be slaughtered. But if they're goats that are meant just to give milk, they have different rules, and they would have to pay for the damage. Meaning the idea is that different goats have different talachot for the, because of their different situations. Next Mishnah. What is a shor tam? And what is a shor muad? So the Mishnah explains, muad is A shor muad is a bull that people came and testified to his owner three days in a row that your bull gourd. So your bull gourd uh, the first day, the second day, third day. That, and that, at that point, it becomes a shor mu'ad. The tam is if it stopped uh, goring three days in a row, that's, uh, he's, he went back to being a tam. That's the very Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir Omer, mu'ad sh'aidu Mashor Mu'ad is if they testified three times that this is a bull gourd, even if it was in one day. And Vitam, when does this bull go back to being a short time? If little children are playing with it, they're touching the area in between his horns and he doesn't gore, okay, went back to being Tam. And all this could happen even in one day. So now the Gemara starts. Rabbi Uda says it has to be three days, three days. What's Rabbi Uda's reason? Amar Abaye, because the Pasuk says, um, the, the Pasuk says, Onoda Kishonaga Homitemol Shoshon Veloishumerenu Be'alav Shalem Shalem. It has been known that this, uh, this bull gores uh, yesterday, two days ago, and his owner doesn't watch him. So Abaye explains the Rabbi Yehuda based on this pasuk. When it says Temol is Had, that's one day. Mid Temol, add that Mem adds another day, so it's already two days. Shil, uh, Shilshom, when the pasuk says Shilshom, that's Telata, it's already three days ago. Then it says Veloish Merenu Be'alav, the owner doesn't watch over it. 
That's atanin giharavayit. That's for the fourth time it gores, meaning day four. At that point, it's already a shor muad, and at that point, he has to pay full damages. Rava Amar he explains Yehuda as follows. Temol mitemol had. This temol mitemol is only one day, meaning he, he learns nothing from that extra mem. Shilshom is tere, it's two days. Veloishmerenu haidna. Veloishmerenu is right now, that's today. And at that point, hayav. At that point, on day three, at that point, he is liable to pay full damages because he's a shor muad. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen. Ve'amen.